welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a program made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, and along with my good friends Reese and Kyle, we will be reacting to the nail-biting 17-14 win against the Atlanta Falcons. The football gods decided to smile upon us for the holidays, boys. That was a close one, but before we talk about it, what did you guys do for Christmas? Slash, what did you get? What was your favorite gift? My favorite gift? Uh, obviously a bit of a homerism here, but I got this dope retro-looking chief sweatshirt for my wife, and I am super happy to be wearing that in these cold, cold Kansas City Sundays, cheering on America's team, the Kansas City Chiefs. I got an awesome new coffee grinder for Christmas, and also some uh, whole bean from Windmill Coffee Roasters in Ames, Iowa, which I was happy to get some beans from, you know, the hometown of the Iowa State Cyclones. Go Clones. Uh, but also because it was Cousin Eddie's Holiday Blend with a nice uh, like cartoon painting of Cousin Eddie on the front of it. So it's really good. I'm still kind of working my way through it. I've been having a cup of day. So yeah, that was my favorite game. Wait, who, who's Cousin Eddie again? Uh, the guy from um, uh, National Lampoon. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> cousin Eddie. Sorry, I had Cousin It in my head for some reason. I want to get you something real nice. What, what was your favorite gift, Armando? What'd you get that was cool? Uh, my favorite gift was Madden 2021. I was going to get it for um, uh, for Black Friday, and then Logan was like, no, don't get it. And I'm like, why not? She's like, just because. And then I saw her get on her phone and buy it. So I've been waiting since... Uh, since Black Friday to play that baby and it's so good it's pretty much the same thing but <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is so good in it and Lamar Jackson is the goat <laughs> he is so freaking good in, in Madden 2021 because you know when you have to like load your your game and before the game in installs you can only play the like exhibition game yeah so it was Ravens Chiefs and and I I I wasn't looking and I just like pressed start so I ended up playing the Ravens and I I played with Lamar Jackson I had 200 rushing yards <laughs> and a hundred and I think another like 200 passing <laughs> yards with three touchdowns it was amazing and I was playing on hard mode and I'm not good at Madden like I, I'm not like I'm, I'm very good at 2k uh, NBA but I'm not good at Madden and and I was playing on all pro and I like killed so I was like this game's totally rigged Another example of art not imitating life. Oh, got him. Exactly. He's, he is super fast, super fast. And basically you can roll out on every play. And even if there is like a middle linebacker there, it doesn't matter. Like he just rushes for 20 How, does, how does he compare to Mike Vick from what is that like Madden 04? Good question. Uh, I still like Michael Vick. I was actually going to say, like, we should do a podcast about, like, Madden best players ever. Michael Vick is still much better because Michael Vick can throw still extremely well. And I actually have Michael Vick on my ultimate team. If you, if you play Madden, there's also a mode called ultimate team where you, like, have, like, trading cards and then the cards become your players. Well, my first trading card was Michael Vick. It was a it was like a 84 Michael Vick. And he, he throws the long ball really really well so that's great and my wide receiver is ed mccaffrey who is now the um head coach at unc in Greeley. is that fran mccaffrey's dad christian mccaffrey's dad 
I'm sorry, I see this Fran McCaffrey <laughs> living rent free in my head. Get out of here. Oh, oh excuse me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, no, it's, thank it's, you. Uh, it's it's Christian McCaffrey's dad. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned the where we mentioned the John Madden comparisons here between the players because I've always thought if we did a ranking of like best athletes in video games, you know, obviously you got Mike Vick, you got Bo Jackson. I still don't think they've ever made a Michael Jordan that does Michael Jordan justice. True. I mean, it, true. In all these two K games, like if if you have like a step of space or like you can create any space between you and the guy, it's like Michael should be automatic inside the three point line. Like his mid range jumper was unreal. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And and a, a lot of these two K games actually specialize in like you have to drive to the basket. There's not a lot of like mid range game that you can really expose in the new two K games, which is stupid because then Kobe sucks. Michael Jordan sucks. Um, like Clay, Clay, Clay Thompson kind of sucks in most of these two games as well. And it's like, it's not real to life. Giannis is great. LeBron's great. AD's great because they all drive the basket and everyone loves a big shablam. That's a good point because Michael kind of gets exposed in those 2K games in like blacktop mode where. Yep. yep the ones that we play. Oh, yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah. He, yep. he just misses too many shots, and that's the thing. Is that I'll admit he he was a fine three point shooter. Shot well, like thirty four percent for his career. Say, yeah, just under forty, and then same with Kobe. Obviously, Kobe shot like thirty five percent. But we don't have to have this this conversation here. But if if Michael Jordan were in you know twenty twenty. Michael Jordan would have worked on his three-point game. It just wasn't important. And I'm not saying Michael Jordan has to like be game-breakingly good the way Bo Jackson was, but like I don't feel like when I'm playing with Michael Jordan, I am playing with a top three all-time player. It just feels like I'm playing with like a star player in the game. Yep, exactly. Well, that was fun. Speaking about great players, but not so great sometimes, let's talk about the Chiefs. <laughs> fun fact, did you guys know that on the season, well, actually, uh, maybe you saw this today, but can you take a guess? Uh, this entire season, the Atlanta Hawks uh, are now, what are they, 4-11? and 11? Uh, Over the entire season, what's their point differential? I'm going to guess they're actually plus 30. At 4-11? and 11? What kind of guess is I'm, that? I'm not going to say plus 40, but I'm going to say it's in the plus because of Matt Ryan and because he puts up points. Not not this game. I'm going to say plus 7. Well, and didn't they didn't they like mollywop the, the Raiders? If- Do you guys understand what point differential is? Yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, I mean, like Matt Matt Ryan can have a good game, like fifty to zero, and then he can lose by three points. It's still a positive point difference. Yeah, I was going to say, haven't they blown like seven games where they had a double digit lead and like wound up losing by like only one score? <laughs> this is this is just really funny to me because, well, anyway, I it it, it I, I I guess you uh, okay. We're just going to leave this on the cutting floor, but. The point differential is minus one, which is ridiculous for a team that's lost 11 games. Okay. <laughs> what's 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 wrong with my plus seven? No, no, no. Nothing's wrong with that's, that. That's plus 30 is the ridiculous one. one. No, my, my plus 30 comes from my plus 30 comes from the fact that I knew they had like all their wins and losses this year have been within like a touchdown, but then they like destroyed the Raiders like 48 to three one week. So I'm like, maybe that yeah. is like that threw it like a skew in the in the win column. <laughs> All right, fair enough. And, and and that's also why I didn't like the uh, the odds on the Chiefs because the odds going into the game was uh, was minus ten point five, and I was like, I don't know because Matt Ryan can really throw the ball. 
Well, who would have thought we couldn't throw the ball? What a weird game. I wouldn't say it's a disaster game, but just very strange. Uh, But before we break down kind of everyone's individual performance, let's talk about that fourth quarter, just like how that whole thing happened. Because I watched it after you guys, and I... I saw maybe 60 different texts of 60 different emotions. And then when I watched the fourth quarter, I understood exactly why. So let's go in chronological order. Anything that jumps out with you, just like you can talk about if you want. Uh, but the first like big thing that caught my eye was that Willie Gay tackle. Again, Willie Gay really proving that he is the real deal. I'm kind of glad we didn't have our other guys in there. That dude, like he he's he's freaking amazing and really helped the team does the tackle and then the uh, receiver uh, fumbles the ball and then our, our whatever 10th string or Darius Harris picks it it picks it up and almost goes for a touchdown but does not but what like a what a game saving thing because if that didn't happen I think this game would have gone the other way Willie Gay has proven at this point that he is the equivalent of speaking of 2K he is the equivalent of when you make a my player in like the draft combine games, you average like 40 points a game. You still go in the second round and like you're sitting behind like, oh, geez, I don't even know. Uh, Rudy Gay. You're sitting behind Rudy Gay <laughs> and, and they give you those things and they're like, you're not starting because you missed your you missed your goals last game. And your goal was like put up 15 <laughs> points, but you literally only get like two minutes of floor time. So it's like, well, so subsequently confirmation bias, you're no good. And then finally, they put you in at like sixth man one game for like 15 minutes and you go off for like a double double <laughs> and, and like 28, 13 and two. And the coach is like, all right, I think I see some potential in you. You've earned a few more minutes. That is the story <laughs> of Willie Gay this year. You just described the career of Lou Williams. Except Lou Williams, did you say? (laughs) (laughs) Of Lou Bega. Oh, God, Lou Williams. That's funny. I I mean, seriously, like his entire career, people have been like, ah, he's not that good. And then he's like six man of the year like five times. he drops like 40 points every game, yeah. And And has fun outside the court, but that's another story for another day. Um, Lou Williams? Yeah, dude. Look up what happened to Lou Williams during the uh, during the bubble. Is he the one that went to the club oh, and got the oh, wings? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ding, ding, ding. I thought that you were I thought you were making a joke because he's like famously like not a party animal. He like doesn't spend money on expensive oh, shit. Except he doesn't he, he doesn't wear like designer during, clothes. During yeah. the pandemic and and basically I mean the Clippers really lost themselves, but again, another podcast for another Although last thing, did you get do you guys actually see those wings he got from the club? No. I would risk it for those wings. That was <laughs> delicious looking. Well, but my hot take is that like he has such a long history of being like not a flashy guy. I feel like he got caught and it looked worse than it was. But you're right. That's a story uh, for another we'll day. Uh, but anyway, uh, w- Willie Gay, nine tackles to lead our team uh, on Sunday. Yeah, Willie Gay looked amazing. I think the only knock and kind of what I see and Reese... I don't want to debate you. I just saw a couple things where I was like, Ew, that doesn't look good. Whenever he was matched up man to man was when I saw I was like, wait a minute. OK, maybe he's not like this superstar that I thought he could become because he looked pretty bad man to man. But but when he tackles like he, he's amazing and we don't need him to be man to man all the time. I think just some schemes happen that he that he was getting a tight end like slanting. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, boy, actually, he doesn't look very athletic there. <laughs> 
I'm sure we'll touch on this uh, later in the cast, but this is sort of the advantage of having a lame duck week 17 because we'll basically get to see as much of any of these guys as we want going into the yeah, playoffs. That's a good point. And like, do we have to drop them into coverage then? Because what's the other option? We literally put Neiman in coverage. Neiman got trucked by Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And it's like it's like I was like, okay, well that that is a knock on Willie Gay, but at the same time, like who who is he, who is he worse than in coverage? Who is he worse than man to man? Nobody. Like he's still he's still like com, uh, he can compete on this team right now. And Hitchens, bless his heart, is too slow to be dropped into coverage. I mean, that's why we lost yeah. that Packers game last year, which was almost an all time coaching heist of the century, might I add. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so if you thought that was going to be the craziest part of the game in the fourth quarter, it was not. Because then when we finally got the ball back, Mahomes passes it to Tyreek Hill and is way under, very similar to what happened, I think, last week where he was way under Hill and then he got intercepted uh, against the Saints. And then Terrell has the touchdown in his hand to, or sorry, has the interception in his hand to ice the game and drops it. Thank you, football gods. But boy, what a, what a, I don't want to say a bonehead play like I always say, but that was not a smart play by Patrick Mahomes. It's, it was very similar to the one he threw against Xavier and Howard and the Dolphins a few weeks oh, ago. Oh, the Dolphins, you're right, you're right. Where it's like, again, I know Tyreek Hill has like ups and he has vert and he's got great ball tracking skills, particularly for somebody his size. But it's like, we gotta stop throwing fades to Tyreek Hill when the guy guarding Hill's got like six, seven inches on him. And like, I know Pat's like a wizard, but that's basically like geometry and physics trying to land it over a guy taller than him to get it to a guy shorter than him. Some of that I think we can chalk up to the confidence that is maybe instilled in a team that's a defending Super Bowl champion. You know, we're sitting at only one loss on the season and we have Mahomes, you know, under center where it's like, yeah, but still, you, you can't be overconfident. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, and, and, and I'll talk about this while we when when we really focus on Patrick Mahomes but yeah there there was just a ton of plays where I was like he would never do that in the playoffs he would never make that play in the playoffs you he definitely was thinking you know what hey you know it's it's week it's weeks whatever it is I'm just gonna go for it 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 didn't work against Savian Howard maybe it's gonna work against Terrell definitely did not work so yeah that that was very disappointing but then Patrick Mahomes came back and scored a touchdown with uh Reese's favorite Demarcus Robinson and right after that it was literally the next play uh, uh. <laughs> Reese Reese probably jumping for joy over there huh oh my gosh <laughs> like Robinson has has this just knack for making the routine look mundane and making like the very difficult looking routine it's like if you throw him a short little pass it's gonna hit him right in the hands and drop Mm -hmm. if he returns a punt he's gonna run sideways and fumble out the back of the end zone if you go hey beat your man i'm gonna hit you in stride 25 yards down the field he's like what okay (laughs) demarcus robinson's one of those guys that i'm actually kind of stoked to watch in this game that doesn't matter this weekend because again the more weapons we have the better going into the playoffs yeah, watch watch the Marcus Robinson have like three hundred yards with Chad Henney. <laughs> sure, Dude, I mean that's how we got a uh, that's how we got Albert Wilson paid. Remember Pat came in his uh, rookie year against the Broncos and made him look like freaking Randy Moss. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what happens there. So right after that, we were then up by three, and then Matt Ryan decides to be vintage Matt Ryan again. Um, 
in what looked like a free play. Then Matt Ryan throws a bomb to Ridley. Ridley has the touchdown in his hands and then bobbles it. Thank you again, football gods, because then after that, they could not get a touchdown. Boy, was that a lifesaver. Yeah, we got pretty fortunate on that. I think the thing that set all that up on that final drive for me, that was just making me pull my hair out, was... You know, we gave Matt Ryan too much respect throwing the ball downfield. And subsequently, he just kept taking these, like, short little, you know, uh, short little pass routes in the flats, you know, and just quick little slants and dump-offs. And it's like, don't we have anybody playing up the line? Why are we dropping literally everybody back right now? That's how they got as far down the field as they got. Yeah, it was it, it was pretty crazy because the it seemed like during the whole game the uh, the uh, the uh, blitz packages were working and then and then he kind of figured it out towards the end like you said he started throwing down the flat he started just screen passing and then they started and of course their running game was great from from first quarter to the end so that was help helping establish kind of that blitz package coming so then all those other guys can get open in the flat um, but yeah that was really unfortunate to see because the Falcons could have iced that game so many times in the fourth quarter and they never did another way they could have iced well and then we could have iced the game before the uh the uh, field goal when Trivarius Ward just straight up dropped an interception had it in his hand and just was like nah I don't want it I I don't I don't want to be on this team and literally dropped the interception and I'm just like this is the most Trivarius Ward play I've ever seen in my entire life he finally has good coverage and then he's like nah hold on as as you all saw in the text chain I declared myself the Oracle because two plays before that, I'm thinking Matt Ryan's not looking confident. He's looking a little shaky in his pass. I said, you, we're going to have a game-ending interception here. I'm like, it's either going to be Sorensen or somebody else. He's going to pick this one off. And it took all of Calvin Ridley's like power to stop my Oracle prediction from coming true because Ward didn't drop that. Ridley had to go up there and like swat the ball away because he knew Ward had two hands waiting oh, there right, for it. right, right. Yeah, so right. I, you don't hear me defending Ward often. That's what I'm going to defend Ward. <laughs> but also the, the 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 effect that like Ridley knew that Ward had better coverage and like Ward had the better hand on that play. I just like if 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 that was Snead, if that was Breland, if that was you know anybody else, I feel like that would have been an interception. Oh, Snead would have turned that into a pick six and like yeah. gotten the two point conversion play afterwards, <laughs> and, and, and and would have kicked the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking about kick the ball, and then the football gods come at us again and say Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa to all of the Kansas City fans when the uh, kicker Youngway Koo missed uh what was it a 32 yarder maybe just like an easy put in everything was fine it wasn't bobbled the snap looked great he literally just pushed it to the right thank you football gods merry christmas here's the funny thing is he actually didn't push it to the right he sliced it like like a like a like a golfer right because uh he caught it right down the middle i don't know if you guys watched that uh, at all but um yeah it was wild so you know, it happens. <laughs> it sure did. I've heard rumor that K-Pass is saying he got a finger on it. Do you guys buy that? Really? No, I I saw the replay. It looks like he's he's very close and maybe Koo it like it it kind of threw him off, but it didn't look like he got a finger. I don't think so. 
It looked really weird, too, because it looked straight end over end, and then it just started slicing off. I mean, it looked exactly like a golfer. I'll be honest. I know I'm a solid 20 minutes away from the stadium up in North Kansas City, but, I mean, the wind outside was doing that all game. Not, like, constant, but just, like, randomly be like, you know, and so I really think that's why I was so happy that Butker got that 50-yarder because that was some nasty gusts going on. I think that's what happened on that young way kick. It made me sad because after reading that ESPN profile on him last week, I love that guy. So it, it made me a little sad that's how the game ended, but eh, he'll be fine. I mean, he, he he's still considered one of the best cookers in the league. That's He's the starting kicker for the NFC in the Pro Bowl. So like, he's, oh, totally. he's super good, but like, what are the chances that we face this Falcons team that's playing really well, Pastor Mahomes is not playing well at all, and then like one of the best kickers in the NFL misses like a chip shot? Like, thank you. <laughs> okay, I got an honest-to-goodness question here. Ready. You got Young Way Koo, and you got Rodrigo Blankenship <laughs> in just, like, a straight-up <laughs> bare-knuckle fight. <laughs> Who are you taking? Koo. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely taking Koo. Koo looks bigger, and yeah. also you, you can just take Blankenship's glasses and just, like, <laughs> crush them <laughs> like like an like, like eighth-grade bully on a schoolyard. <laughs> What if though? What if his rec specs are like he found him hanging over a power line, and they belong to Kareem Abdul Jabbar? And whenever he has them on, he kicks far like Jabbar. I'm gonna raise you guys another question. Same, same, same UFC cage match fight, but it's Harrison Butker and Justin Tucker. Oh, dude, Harrison Butker all day and twice on Sundays. I don't know. I was going to say Justin <laughs> no, Tucker. No, you weren't. Actually. You take that back. Why Justin Tucker? Uh, okay, I I love Harrison Bucker, but I don't know. It is Tucker, Dude, Tucker, Tucker looks a little more fierce than Bucker, I'm just going to say. Are you kidding? Bucker's like 6'5", 220. He's huge yeah, for a he's kicker. A super, like, he's a super nice guy. He just doesn't seem to have a bad bone in his body. Tucker's on the Ravens. I hate the Ravens, so they're, they're, they, they probably are pretty bad people dude justin tucker's gonna come up to you and be like oh you sing opera too yeah i, mean, I sing opera too we should get him on the podcast and then we can all no justin tucker is as good of an opera singer justin tucker is as good of an opera singer as i am nfl kicker okay let's, let's not act like this is a serious okay, he's not thing an opera here. singer but he is a good singer i'm gonna say when i heard him i, I didn't think he was bad i didn't think he was bad what? i was gonna say like he was like he was i watched that video and it was fine oh i have I, I, hot, hot take. I have heard worse singers that are getting paychecks right now than Justin Tucker. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> you know right. it, Reese. You know it because we talk about it all the time. <laughs> okay. Justin Tucker or Andrea Bocelli? Oh. <laughs> the fact I mean, you have to like, think about I mean, it. That's all. <laughs> what? <laughs> like. An NFL kicker Boy, the or literally I mean, like one of the richest did, dudes did, to ever. Did we just walk say richness doesn't mic. matter? We got a bunch of guys making paychecks to sing worse than Tucker. Okay, but we're also thinking about completely different people because Andrea Bocelli doesn't really count because he's Andrea Bocelli. <laughs> of course he. <laughs> what I? I feel like you've got some like something else going on here. Justin Tucker <laughs> owes me forty bucks. <laughs> yeah. Justin Tucker has has better tone than Andrea Bocelli. I'll say that. He has he, he has a warmer tone. I like it. I must. <laughs> you got to send me the video you listen to. You got to send me the. I mean, it, look, it's like I don't 
I don't think he's like a professional and that he should be a professional singer, but I've heard like amateur singers that I'm like, okay, yeah, they're fine. They're good. I can, I can consistently crank. T- anyway, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Reese, you are dying on this altar, man. I am Jeez, dying on this hill. I, used, I played soccer for 10 years. everybody it's time for uh, everyone's favorite part of the podcast although i guess that's a false claim because we don't really have the metrics on this so uh those of you who uh, enjoy one particular part of this show more than more than the others uh let us know what your favorite part of the podcast is but i have to assume this is a favorite part of the podcast uh it's time for a beer review so armando what beer are you reviewing for us today today i'm going to review one of my favorite holiday beers which is celebration by sierra nevada i don't think i've had that sounds nice it is so good it is a uh, they label it a fresh hop ipa it's really just like a west coast ipa that they kind of i think it's a blend of red i actually have no idea but it's such a good like christmas or holiday beer whatever you want to celebrate during this time it is a lovely national distro beer so please go out and get it before it is gone what's the artwork like uh artwork it looks like a christmas uh christmas tree i'll show you um well actually let me describe it first so like instead of mistletoe it's just hops on a on a vine it's kind of nice. em- emulating a mistletoe and then you have a log cabin with snow with a wreath on the log cabin wonderful wonderful art right there oh that's cute i like that that's a pretty charming label that makes me want to celebrate yeah, yeah. fair enough it is very nice yeah i mean i think you can get it anywhere honestly but uh, it's like- yeah really Really great beer. Happy to have it. I feel pandered to. I'm going to buy that. I'm, I feel pandered to, but take my money. <laughs> what do you guys have out there? Is it King Supers or... Wait, King Supers? what's out in Iowa. Oh, wait. That's like the, that's like the Colorado uh, like Safeway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, there's also a Safeway here, but it's like the Colorado... I mean, I guess we're all in different places, so I don't know what the equivalent is. Like, what what is the equivalent in Des Moines? Like an Albertsons or a... You know what I mean? No, 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 no. High V, dude. High V is like High High V? Yeah. King Supers is the equivalent kind of to High V. Although High V is kind of bougie. High V is kind of bougie. High V is very nice. The working man's grocery store is Fairway, and everybody knows Fairway <laughs> has the best meat in the grocery store in the state. It's true. And it, it's also sort of High V being bougie is an interesting claim because the I would more describe High V as expensive than I would bougie. Does that make really? sense? Yeah, I was going to say Wegmans has entered the chat. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, definitely like Whole Foods Natural Grocers, that's bougie. I would say hy is yeah. just, uh, you're just going to pay a little more than you would at Fairway. hy is also very consistent and very quality though like you walk into a high v outside of that one in lamoni we saw like you know what a high v is going to look like on the inside unlike i'm going to lose everybody here that's my one qualm with price chopper in kansas city is that like every price chopper is Ugh. different so like price i go into chopper. the one near my place i'm like yo this place really freaks me out and it feels like a nightmare grocery store but i go to the one like way far down on barry road and that one feels super nice <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to follow that, so we're just going to jump in. <laughs> Welcome to our grocery store <laughs> podcast, where we were at the highest produce. You know what? Uh, shout out. You, you know what? While we're on it, <laughs> fine. Shout out to Checkers in Lawrence. I really miss that place. 
wholesale cheap groceries <laughs> love it also totally different uh, side of the spectrum but shout out to the co-op in bozeman montana that's the greatest grocery store of all time uh, also quick shout out to price chopper in cooperstown which is a different price chopper chain than the price Indeed. chopper in kansas city yes shout out to price chopper in cooperstown one time a deer walked in there <laughs> shout out to blockbuster because we're just shouting out everybody i just wanted to contribute there's one blockbuster left in Bend, Oregon. <laughs> All righty, Armando, how about you uh, tell us a little bit about the aroma of this beer? All right, cool. Let me pour it in a glass. It's been chilling a little bit because of my technical <laughs> difficulties. Ooh. Ooh, a little, little too carby. <laughs> Didn't you used to work at a brewery? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean... That's got more head than Pet Boys. No, like It's literally been just sitting here on the counter... I had it already open, so <laughs> this might not be great. You're really uh, treating us to the GMC professional grade uh, experience here. Only, oh, only the best here. Only the best here. Okay, so aroma, aroma. You actually get a lot of 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 malt, and you get some like cinnamon, or I don't really know what to. Yeah, I guess I would I would label it some sort of like cinnamon dark. Uh, spice flavor. Uh, I don't really know what they spice it with. Per, I don't think they spice it with um, cinnamon. It could be from the malt. You can get like a, a nice spice from the malt on the nose as well as the tongue. Um, so I kind of get a combination of both. Even though it's an IPA, it doesn't smell like one at all. Um, pretty cool. I'm going to give it an eight. Nice. How about appearance? Appearance pretty nice. You guys can see right there. It's it's rather dark, um, but dark in color, as in not dark in in density. So it's not a hazy IPA. It's you know for a dark IPA. You know, like I said, it's kind of a red blend. Um, it is rather clear still. You can see it's very translucent. Um, I love the color. I mean, how many like red or dark IPAs do we know out there? There's not very many. So because of the uniqueness, give me an eight point seven. This is a little bit of a sidebar, but I can never shake the feeling that whenever a wine is labeled a red blend, it's like it just came out of like a fuck it barrel where they were just oh, yeah. like, let's just pour all this extra stuff in here and call it a red blend. It's like the it's like the craft beer they make at uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> it's just like the runoff that they put in like one big bucket. I mean, it, it's it, it's kind of true when like breweries make imperial stouts and they call it a blend. It really is just like they didn't have enough to like make a full production of one barrel, so they had to blend multiple barrels so they can have a legitimate batch of something. That's I mean that's some insider information for you. <laughs> it's like the uh, the forbidden jungle juice at those uh, can, like. Poor, poor, poor stations at the airport. <laughs> what? Oh, what? Jungle juice at an airport? Are you getting in like the bathroom from some guy named Julio? No, I'm saying, you know, where you empty your, your water bottle before you go through security. Shout out to Julio, friend of the podcast. He actually works at Blockbuster. <laughs> it's the forbidden jungle juice. It's the place where you empty your water bottle into the oh, thing. Oh, Gross, but they don't actually like keep it in there. Uh, do they? I guess I've never seen the bucket itself. But it's literally a waste bin. Oh, yeah, but they like yeah. I know okay, what you're talking about. In there. Like the, the TSA <laughs> guys, <disgusting>. right? <laughs> Nobody knows how to kill a joke like you, buddy. All right, uh, walk I us know. through the flavor. <laughs> All right. So unlike the smell, the taste is super piney. I mean, you get a 
it's almost like you're you're drinking a freaking tree here. The uh, the hops in it is Chinook, Centennial, and Cascade. The the Chinook's hop will give it that bold kind of intense piney taste. Um, I get a little bit of citrus, and maybe I get that kind of citrus rind to the pine, which is like a perfect pairing because you would kind of compare those two flavors similarly. Um, so it's great. I really enjoy it. Give me an eight point three. Nice. How about the mouthfeel? That's pretty cool. You know, mouthfeel, not my favorite. You guys know I love my citrusy, warm IPAs, not not too dank, not too piney. I like it on the taste, but on the mouthfeel, you just get like so much bite in it. And again, caveat, it could be that I just opened it and I left it for a little bit trying to get my technical difficulties, difficulties going. Um, so... I'm going to attribute it to that because sometimes it, it, it does taste a lot more mellow than what I'm tasting right now. So I'm going to go with like the best time that I've had this IPA and say it's an 8.3. They're all going to hover eights. Like it's not like the best beer, but it's definitely a very good holiday beer. Like I look forward to this beer every November, December, early January. Nice. A uh, heartwarming review. I also love hearing myself in the mic, by the way. <laughs> okay how about the aftertaste aftertaste again not not my favorite because of the bitterness because of the pineiness you get it on the back end as well it's a pretty once you once you taste it it's the same on the mouth it's the same on the tongue it's the same in the back so not my favorite because i don't love too 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 piney uh give me a 7.3 on this one because i still have to give it credit because it's it's a it's good for its style and finally the uh bob sutton defensive quality how about a bdq for this beer (laughs) how long you been waiting on that one kyle i came up with it about one category ago Wow. I can I can see you chuckle over there and and I wasn't sure whether it's because of the Thunder game. I figured it's because you figured out the Bob Sutton thing. Um no, it, it was actually when you No, I, I won't throw you on the bus like that. Because you're okay. gonna edit it out. But actually you can edit this out too. It was it was when there was some word where you like sounded Sim- incredibly drunk when you sim- said it. similar similarly yeah. Similarly, that's a hard Simil- word. <laughs> what's what's the Lord of the Rings Similarion or whatever Similarly. it is? The, the precursor, yeah. Silmarillion. There you go. <laughs> that that's that's my favorite word. hop. The Silmarillion hop. All right, so even though you know the pineness is a little too much for me, uh, e- even though the you know it's a little too bitey, it, it's a great beer. It's good for its style. Like I said, they're actually you know on on the website it doesn't say that it's a red ale blend. It just says it's an American IPA. So it is pretty impressive that they can make it that way without you know adding the qualities of a red ale but it kind of tastes like it because of whatever spices that they're putting into it i don't exactly know all i know it's cascade centennial and chinook but even that alone is not going to give it this you know this spice this cinnamon taste to it so i think that's pretty impressive um and like i said it's a great holiday beer i love the holidays it's 2020 we all have to love what holiday whatever you celebrate out there it's just it's just a wonderful time to enjoy before 2021 give me a 9.3 oh wow thank you armando another glowing review worthy of the late 90s film spirit stallion of the similarly it's a hard word and you know it come on that's a good joke i thought it was a good joke i appreciated the deep cut no one actually saw spirit (laughs) 
It's a new day. Oh, it's a no, new no, star. It's a okay. love with the beating of young hearts. Is that is, oh. is that the cartoon movie? Yes. Oh god. Hey, with hot take with the okay, greatest Kyle, I will, song of all time accompanying. Thank you. I will get my hands on whatever beer you want if you can tell me two people that starred in Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. Uh Matt Damon was the horse and Brian was Adams he? wrote the main song. He didn't Brian Adams he didn't star and he wrote the song. Yeah, but like that's what that's what I remember <laughs> from the movie. That's the best part of the movie. Uh, all right, Phil, lawyer Kyle. Phil Collins and Genesis didn't star in Disney's Tarzan. He sure fucking did. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> he is absolutely the star of that movie. The music is the best part. I mean, you're not wrong, yeah, but yeah, he's he's not Are you he's not showing me? up. You guys do this all the time where you like do a gotcha <laughs> question and I knock it out of the park and then uh, you're like I don't, I don't unimpressed. Know I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, Kyle, yeah. when's the last time Iowa State won a bowl? Fuck you. <laughs> Kyle is the master of grudges, I must say. You you remember every single detail. <laughs> I got nothing else to do. That's true. Um, James James Cromwell, Daniel Studi, Chopper Burnett. Should I go on, Reese? <laughs> Chopper Burnett, friend of the podcast. I'm sorry. Hey, we should get Chopper Burnett on here. Who who voiced the horse in Spirits Dying in the Cimarron? Cimarron? Matt, Matt Damon. Yeah, Thank yes, you. but but yeah. he said two two people. You couldn't name another person. I sure did. this game which is different than the other games that people say patrick mahomes is not human this was one of those games that i agree by patrick sorry that patrick mahomes is human where everyone's like he's he's no, he is human because he had 300 yards no no this this game out is is the first game that i've seen in a very long time that made me question patrick mahomes decisions and i kind of have a defense for it but i want to hear from you guys first what the hell happened with patrick mahomes on sunday well, I mean, even Justin Tucker misses a kick inside the 40-yard line every once in a while, right? So Pat, there, <laughs> Pat therefore, gets to have one bad game. No, to be real, though, um, I think what we're seeing now is Pat has the equivalence of the quarterback yips, and that's just because he's been taking a beating all season behind that patchwork offensive line, particularly culminating in last week's game against the Saints. I think now he knows like his internal circadian rhythm quarterback clock is off. You know, he's he wants to have two and a half, three seconds to like drop back, wait for a pass and hit it. But he knows even if there isn't pressure coming, he feels like there's pressure coming within a sec- second or a second and a half, and he has to get rid of that ball or he's going to get crushed, which is why we saw him missing some semi-routine throws, not hitting guys on the numbers, throwing behind him, throwing over him. I think it's a culmination of all that stuff just coming back and getting to him at this point. I think that's a good point, and also it's uh, it's just a logical conclusion to playing these games close, right? I mean, uh, this offense hasn't looked explosive because of uh you know this like transcendental um performance by Patrick for you know six weeks now um and that's honestly that's okay as Reese just said it's a long season it's been a grind I mean look at our record we're 14 and one right and so these things are gonna happen uh, I'm okay with that they're happening now I am a little wary of the fact that the playoffs are right around the corner and we got the bye 
uh, which means that we're going to get two weeks of rest, which is great. I still would like to, we can talk about this, but I would like to see Patrick play a quarter um, on Sunday. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I mean, we'll see if we see him in the fourth quarter. I, he's probably not going to just because of game prep situation. Like he's he's probably going to sit starting yesterday. He's he's sitting and he's whatever icing, doing all that stuff. He's probably not in the game. He's probably in the game game or sorry, not the game room, but the but the film. He's probably in the film room, but he's he's already looking at you know the brown the Browns, the Colts, all those. I have a different theory. I think all of this was on purpose. Go on. <laughs> I think I think Patrick Mahomes was purposefully trying to to do things that he hasn't done in the season. For example, how many times have we seen Patrick Mahomes pre-snap do all the different things that he was doing during the game? I just feel like there was so many pre-snap adjustments, so much he was waiting until the end of the clock because he kept, you know, saying whatever, watch this guy, watch this guy, watch this guy. He just seemed like he was trying things that he hadn't been trying throughout the year. And he's normally feels pretty rushed. And he didn't, he didn't, to me, it looked like he wasn't rushed pre-snap. He was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to look at this side of the field now. Okay, now I'm going to look here. And it just looked like he kept doing some weird things that I hadn't seen before. Of course, we see him pre-snap all the time making adjustments, but this just seemed every single play, he decided to do something pre-snap that I I was not accustomed to. And I was like, that looks weird. Go ahead. The Kansas City Bureau of Investigation has entered the chat. Please keep your thoughts to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Reid's like, why, why don't you go get some burgers on me, boys? In fact, I'll... <laughs> I'll I'll come with you. <laughs> All right. Uh, point two, unless anyone wants to re- rebuttal point one. Um, point two is I also felt not only were they trying to make adjustments at the line, but I also felt like he was check downing more than he normally does. Like when he would roll out left or right, it just felt like he was holding the ball more and he wasn't making passes that he normally makes like during the saints game during the dolphins game it like it felt like he was he was letting it off a little a little bit quicker than he was this game this game he was like he was looking for something and he wasn't looking for a big play like it just it just seemed like every single play even when there was was no pressure even when he had time it just felt like he was holding the ball and i was like what is he doing and then when he finally threw the ball he was throwing it low he was throwing it high it was super inaccurate it just seemed like he was he he like told andy reed before the game hey i I just need to try certain things that I haven't tried before because we're going to the playoffs and I know I can throw a bomb to Tyreek. I know I can throw a slant to Kelsey, but let me try to get Demarcus Robinson in. Let me try to get Hardman in it. Like there was a ton of plays to Hardman that Hardman just dropped. I don't know. It, it just, it, this field, this felt weird. The way that he was playing was weird. It didn't feel like he was injured or anything. It just seemed weird. All right. So Armando, I, I gotta say both of those points you just elaborated in detail, uh, just point to the thing that Reese said, which is that Patrick's tired. The offensive line is tired. We've worked really hard to get to 14 and one. There is no conspiracy about Patrick, like trying out a different playbook or something before the playoffs. He looked exhausted. Everybody looked exhausted. This is just a, a game of attrition getting towards the end of a season against a four and 10 team. That's way better than four and 10. What you're raising your hand. What? Oh no, go, go, go ahead and finish your quote unquote roast. 
No, I just don't want to see your hand in my face. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I, I didn't say that he looked tired. I don't think he looked tired. And and yes, I, I am saying that everything that you said points to what Reese and I are saying, which is that this was just not a good game. This was not experimenting or anything. I, I, I still don't agree because I don't think he looked tired. I also think when he was not pressured, when he still had time, he was still holding the ball way too long. And I don't know if I would attribute fatigue to him trying to find certain reads that I haven't seen him do before. Like, like how many checkdowns have you seen him do that much? Except for like the like Texans game, which actually was successful when he did check down. But like when, when have you seen him do that before? It just didn't look like fatigue to me well see this was funny on my end of the things i thought that he was actually looking for the big play too much and i thought this game really could have benefited for more like quick slants and wheel routes and short game plays like that but I, I, what i saw defensively was that atlanta seemed to be showing blitz a lot you know showing that they're going to bring five or six and then it snapped they're dropping back into coverage which i think really confused pat and that might be what you're talking about when you're saying you saw him doing a lot of pre-snap audibles you know guard this guy watch this guy coming in so pat's expecting them to zig and they wind up zagging and that completely throws him off for what he's expecting and you know our guys aren't getting open in there you know clyde edwards alary who's always been a great kind of you know a dump off receiver for us wasn't there today I, I agree with both of you. I think he seemed a little confused, and I think part of that is mental exhaustion at the very least. We've been getting teams' best shots since week nine. We Let me then quickly debate Kyle's point and just like end it so that I win the point, and then you can go ahead and go on your rant, Reese. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna directly quote Patrick Mahomes. I wasn't gonna do this, but Kyle's making me, so I got to. So here's here's Patrick Mahomes' direct quote after the game. First off, I got to focus on fixing the things I've made mistakes on during the game. There were a lot of reads, a lot of protection calls, and a lot of adjustments at the line of scrimmage that I made wrong, and I didn't make the right way that put us in bad positions. So I totally think that he he was getting a lot of things wrong as opposed to it being fatigue, but also to Reese's point and actually kind of agree with Reese is you're right like we are getting the best version of every team like no team is going into playing the Chiefs saying oh we're just playing the Chiefs we're going to phone it in like they want to beat us and they're bringing their best game Um, so it could be a combination of both here's the thing buddy I'm not particularly exclusively talking about physical fatigue I'm saying there's no way you go into this game after scrapping for a 13 and 1 record on the season and don't feel pretty tired Yeah, mentally maybe but physically too you know I mean those the, the, those mistakes and and trying to um, make adjustments on the fly, not going your way, doesn't necessarily m- mean that it's all roses, right? You know, I think yeah. fair. Yeah, I'd, I I just feel like he was trying certain things that he wouldn't have tried against the Saints, wouldn't have tried against the Ravens, wouldn't have tried against you know all those teams that we're really looking out for. I think he was just like, yo, let me let me try some of these protection calls, etc. Uh, that we didn't see beforehand. But that's uh, a fair point. Yeah, that was my point. All right. Okay, Reese. All right. Well, sticking on to the the point of we've been getting teams best in a lot of one score games. It was like, oh, look at the Bills. Bills looking real scary. First off, friend of the podcast, the entire Bills Mafia. If anybody wins the Super Bowl, it's not us this year. I hope it's Buffalo. Uh, secondly, you got to look who, bu- whoa, that's, that's a bold state. Where did that come from? Uh, you, you don't like the bills mafia? Well, no, it just like, I, I've, I've never heard you be like a bills, like bills defender. Well, I'm just saying that cause they're about to get the backside of my hand, you know? Okay. So All right. <laughs> it's not like they've been playing a murderer's row. If you want to go back since we've played 
the Jets in Week 8. If, if I'm remembering this correctly, the one playoff team, or the one team we've played that hasn't been a playoff team is Denver, which was a divisional game that they're always going to want to play us as close as they can and wreck our season, especially with Drew Locke at the helm. I mean, just think about it. We, we went two Buccaneers. We went two Saints. We went to Miami. We went to the Raiders, who were a playoff team until their late season implosion. You know, we, we've been playing a very tough row of games, whereas teams like the Bills, you know, Chargers, okay, they're playing for a lottery pick. Niners, they were on like their third string team at that time. Steelers the next week, uh, they won 26-15, semi-impressive, but at the same time, not super, you know, definitive. And then they blew out the Broncos and they blew out the Patriots that has Cam Newton that legit can't throw five yards anymore, which is very sad to see. But, you know, so I don't want to say count the Chiefs and count Mahomes out because I really do think we are just tired, man. We're real tired. And that's my TED Talk. All right, so one place that I don't think we retire, though, was our defense. Our defense randomly, <laughs> randomly just showed up, and I want to apologize from the last podcast and from previous podcasts. I always say that our defense plays to who are who they are playing, who the offense is. But for this time, for this one time, they decided to show up against a pretty, you know, average, average offense, right? All, even though they are bad, I'll give Matt Ryan an average offense. And I think they had to play that way because Pat, Pat didn't play well. So who, who, who showed up? Chris Jones showed up. Frank Clark showed up. Uh, Legereus Sneed always shows up. And then we see Willie Gay. We see um, Darius Harris. I mean, what, what did you guys see from this defense that was surprising for a Falcons game? I think what we saw is... We were out two linebackers. We were out some other players, forcing us to play athletic players like Sneed getting a lot of reps now. Willie Gay Jr., as we know, is an athletic freak. We had a lot of those guys in. And shocker, look how great your defense looks when you got a bunch of young athletic guys that are just sprinting across the field playing with some semblance of aggression instead of just this boring textbook where where should we be in this coverage on this play? Okay, on execute on three. One, two, three, execute. You know, there's a big difference between that. And yes, we got blown up a few times, but look what we got. We got that huge hit that got that turnover fumble, crucial time in the game. We were harassing Matt Ryan throughout the game. You know, Frank Clark, the shark, was in there and he was eating. Chris Jones looking like classic Stone Cold Jones. I loved this aggressive defense that I saw. Absolutely. And I think it's more a matter of, as Armando alluded to, uh, playing to the game, maybe rather than playing to the opponent. So, um, you know, they delivered what we needed, which was awesome. And especially, you know, I think the the knock on this game was it just became a battle of punts but at the end of the day it needed to be that for us to stay in the game because it wasn't clicking and 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 pat patrick even in his immediate comments on the field i think before the press conference alluded to that that the defense won this game uh, and i think it was awesome i think it was sweet to see um chris and, and frank clark earn earn their paychecks that was awesome uh, yeah i don't know it was it, it was fun and i think uh Put, putting together the the elusive complete game that we have yet to see still remains a possibility, especially if the defense plays like that. Guess how many QB hits we had? Ooh, uh, I don't know, like a dozen? I was going to say, I know we had four sacks, so I'm going to guess we had eight hits. Kyle is spot on. 12, 12 QB hits on Matt Ryan. Nice. 
Dirty Dozen, <laughs> Kyle Neg. Very nice. I mean, that that is pretty ridiculous. I don't think we've seen that ever. And I know that that offensive line was missing two of their guards, but at the same time, Frank Clark was up against Lindstrom, and Lindstrom is one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. So people can't use that argument saying, oh, well, you know, Chris Jones was playing certain person. Like, no, Frank Clark was still playing a very good offensive offensive lineman. Um, so, yeah, they really showed up. The defensive line looked elite again. Um, our, our linebackers, we didn't need Wilson. We didn't need um, all the guys that were out. Um, Hitchens, sorry, I forgot his name. Whoops. Uh, Hitchens. So it's great to see Willie Gay. Like, like you said, you were spot on, Reese. We saw athleticism, young athletic players, which is what we've needed on this Chiefs team for who knows how many years. And now we have it. Now they are coming into their own before the playoffs. We love it. Out of curiosity, would you guys buy into the conspiracy theory that the defense is still pretty fresh, all things considered, and they told the offense to take this game off and we're going to win this on defense to flex? We just went through all the reasons why that's not what happened. (laughs) Kyle hates conspiracy theories, which is so ironic because you probably love conspiracy theories the most. Okay, fine. Gloss over my point. Kyle, what's your question? <laughs> no, okay, wait. Let me let me let me respond to Reese's and then Kyle, you can go to your question. No, I don't think this was a conspiracy because I don't trust our defense to be conspiratorial right now. Um but it, I mean I don't know. I don't know. Like I because I also still stand by the fact that Patrick Mahomes was doing some weird sh- during that game and maybe they talk maybe they did talk about it before maybe you talked to chris jones and said yo i'm doing some weird shit this game listen be on your guard i don't know where you guys get the idea somehow that i love conspiracy theories that's a little oh you you love it stop <laughs> it <laughs> uh i mean i do love to shit on them when they're dumb that's for sure however i do have a question for you guys um who do you expect to see more in this garbage game 17 divisional matchup or week 17 divisional matchup that doesn't matter i mean we know for sure we're going to see chad henny quite a bit i think we're probably going to see a lot of kilgore at center especially uh when riders had to come out towards the end of last game probably just out of an abundance of caution what else do you guys think are you just talking like special appearance players in this second stringer game uh, not not in particular. I'm saying like who 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 do we want to see have good games to get the reps before the playoffs? Is oh, the question. well, I mean, obviously, I'd like to see Willie Gay play a lot of snaps and see him, you know, making improvements and continuing on what he built off this last game. Yeah, um, going going to your point, Kyle. I definitely want to see um, Kilgore. I also want to see Visnuski. I want to see uh, Rankin. We haven't seen a lot of Martinez Rankin now that uh, he's uh, he's back and healthy. Yeah, I definitely want to see some sort of semblance of an offensive line that that is going to probably have to play in the playoffs. Like our second stringers, someone's going to go down. I'm I'm we we just had so much good juju. Something bad is going to happen, and it's going to happen to our offensive line. So I definitely want to see a good performance out of them because the Chargers. Who knows? Chargers might play their might play Bosa. They they might play um ingram who knows so i definitely want to see a good game out of them i want to see a good game out of daryl williams daryl williams played great this game he was fantastic i don't know what happened to bell i don't know if he got banged up i don't really know what the deal was there but i loved what i saw to daryl williams if if ceh is back in the playoffs he's not going to be 100 percent. so that was a great performance i just want to see more of that 
Well, I hear your Daryl Williams talk, especially for how well he played uh, this last game, being a real downhill runner like he was. But I'm going to raise you him and say I want to see Darwin Thompson as the featured back for the better part of three quarters. Not because I think some about like he's the future running back, him and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you know, one and two. But I would really like to see him get a chance to be more than like just a series running back where, again, like 2K, you make one mistake and it's like, that's it. You lost minutes for the next game. It's like he made one mistake on four plays come on uh, other guys I'd like to see I'd love to see more Byron Pringle out there I think he's got big potential I mean he's like he's so athletic and he's great and he always seems to make big plays for us on defense show me Bo Pete keys I would really love to see Ooh, Bo yeah. Pete out there yeah we haven't seen we've only seen him on special teams yeah yeah so I mean who cares the best thing, okay best case scenario you win this game with a bunch of second stringers you didn't expect to win this game worst case scenario you lose this game and the chargers go up in the draft and don't get as good of a pick so like i don't see why you wouldn't try that <laughs> Justin or, or justin herbert has like 600 yards and then people think he's the next you know whatever and then and then his his career is just resurrected from and then the Chargers overpay him, and that's less money to snipe other people from us. <laughs> and they keep Anthony Lynn at, jo- at uh, coach, you know. So I actually he like Anthony. Doesn't Lynn. care anymore. Me too. Until they st- he started not caring. A- Anthony Lynn's not a bad coach. Anthony Lynn's gonna get fired, and then we're gonna we're gonna hire him. The big thing is like Justin Herbert's got like an entire line of Bakhtiaris to hide behind compared to like what Patrick Mahomes has. That's why he <laughs> that's why he looks so great. <laughs> No, dude, he's okay. Justin Herbert is good. He's, he's uh, he, good. he, oh, he, he's very good. Justin Herbert's very good. But like, you know, we saw what happens when you can actually get pressure on him through that boneheaded pick against us. And we, yeah, we saw it at Oregon too. You, you make him have to roll out of the pocket, and suddenly he's like, "What do I do, coach? My hair of Samson is gone." <laughs> watch, watch Ty- Tyrod Taylor come in and have like the game of his life, and then get signed by the Patriots. <laughs> Please. <laughs> all right anything else you know uh who well th- that's not what this podcast is about but you know where would be actually a little bit of a scary destination for tyrod uh, where we'd like to thank you for joining us today on fountain city sports media this podcast is brought to you by listener support so consider becoming a friend of the podcast check out our patreon page at patreon.com backslash fcsm There you'll find premium content, including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Find us on Instagram at FountainCitySM to get updates on the podcast, sports, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friends Kyle and Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media.